Doc, I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to, we deserve full shares, right, right baby? You see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation is... Move, get out of there! Welcome to A Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Jamie, and joined by my co-host, Patrick. And today we are here. It is a sad occasion. Um, It is the passing of uh, Yafit Koto, who, of course, played Parker in Alien. Um, The news broke last night. Yes, so the news broke last night, and uh, it was very sad. Um, Yafit Koto almost called him Parker, was 81 years old, born in 1939, of course, made famous by Alien. Also, he was in um, several different TV shows, uh, really known for his kindness and his compassion and his acting skills. Um, I'm not completely familiar on his biography, but I know that for myself last night, when the news broke, I really felt it in a way that I didn't feel with some others, not because I didn't appreciate people like you know ian holm and um john hurt but parker is sort of the one of the heartbeats of alien he's this heart he's this emotional center even though it's dressed in this sort of lumbering macho man he's really you know he's a character who loved brett um there was a real bond there you just something about him anchored the film other than that's different than the other characters. He had a connection that the other characters you just didn't feel. Oh, I've always had such a connection to Parker. I've, I've, that's he's always been my my favorite character in the original film, other than Ripley. I've, I've just always felt that character so deeply, in a lot of ways. And I should say, um, this is a quick news update, but we are going to be revisiting him and his character more in a formal return to our Forbidden Planet series, just as we did after Ian Holm passing. Uh, because this is there's already been such an outpouring of grief and support and questions and and this this broke at a it's one of those surreal time like it's never not a surreal time when somebody you have in your heart dies without you you know knowing but I feel like this this felt especially weird for me on the East Coast because it happened like as I was falling asleep last night so the last thing I saw before I hit the hay was this this you, you alerted me to it our Facebook Messenger thread blew up and then I saw his wife's post on Facebook and I kind of went to bed you know like tearing up about this 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 loss it was a very bizarre way to do it um and i feel like you know his so we will be returning to it i want to put that as a disclaimer we're not going to cover all aspects of his life or his work in this but um a lot of people also have a connection to him through the james bond franchise i know our friend reno was talking to me earlier about that um because of his amazing performance in live and let die in 1973 where he plays this uh Kind of, kind of a two-part character, which um, you know, I don't want to spoil for people who haven't seen it yet because there's a little bit of a spoiler in there. But he plays a great villain um, in that movie, and that was for a lot of people the first time they saw him. And then, of course, six years later, if they hadn't seen him on television, right, or in the Thomas Crown Affair or other things, and then six years later, he went on to do Alien and just this indelible performance. And for me, Yafet Koto is always an interesting study because on the poster, which I have the you know the original lobby print in our in our room downstairs. Um, you know, he gets like primary billing at the end of the 
of the credits order, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was clearly, he was their star for that movie really. Um, in a way that even I think, uh, some of the other cast members, you know, weren't, and he was a, a billable actor. And this is an actor who of course was African-American and doing a lot of movies during the height of the black exploitation era, but doing them with such, uh, you know, depth and gradation of nuance and unexpectedness that he really managed to, um, supersede that i think not that black exploitation is something that needs to be superseded because i think there's a lot of great movies that he managed out. to rise above it um he because it was like a genre that it, was yeah. kind of like oh yes there's this but it wasn't given the proper respect that right. the films that and shows that he were like james bond you couldn't get any bigger than james bond and he was there he achieved it and yeah. then he for them, he probably, I mean, it was a step down for him in some ways to play this smaller role in Alien, but he had a lot of speaking time. His presence was powerful. Um, and the only other person to go up against Ripley was Parker, um, which I think was great. I think they're the, they're the, these powerful characters um, that were almost equals or were equals in that film. Yeah, and they both go through such a journey, and I hope we get time to really unpack that on our on our full episode because part of why Parker appeals to so much of us, like I've, I've mentioned um, in the past, my my wife and kids made me a shirt for Alien Day a few years ago, that has like one of my favorite quotes from the movie on it. It's just, <laughs> I just want to go home and party, which Parker says, you know, while they're yes. arguing. <laughs> and I just like like that like that sums up to me what I love about Parker is that he just is like done, you know, like he just wants to get back. He doesn't want to be mistreated, which I think obviously is something we can talk about culturally and racially and things when we go into that in more detail, that that character was probably dealing with a lot of things off screen that we're not seeing about getting fewer shares and not being treated as well. But I think uh, he just basically just wanted to get back, like he was ready to go back home. And, uh, and when, as it becomes increasingly clear that that might not happen, he really steps up and becomes truly heroic in a movie that, as we've discussed many times, doesn't have as many traditional notions of heroism in it, right? Obviously, Ripley is a hero to us, and in the, in the context of the movie, was a hero to Jones and for inspiring the rest of the ship to kind of the crew to get their shit together. But at the end of the day, you know, um, Parker actually, like, he fought the alien, like, head on when confronted by it, right? He went towards it. Uh, he gave his life to get as many people as could off the ship. He didn't want to leave anybody behind. He didn't want to pull straws. He's one of these characters who I think exhibits a lot of humanity and he's easy to pigeonhole in the beginning of the movie because he's there really as comedic relief, right? He's like the ornery big guy from the lower decks who just like just doesn't have time for everybody's shit and wants more money and he's cranky. And then by the end of the movie, he emerges as this heart, like you're saying. He's really, to me, the heart of that film. So I would say Ripley is the soul of it, but I think that Parker is the heart. Mm -hmm. And Parker is, uh, it represents, I think, um, uh, an amazing journey. And I, and I think that like, it's no wonder he's so indelible. Yes, I would agree. I mean, I, I, as you were talking, I could I think about the scene where it cuts to the gun being slammed or the incinerator being slammed down on the table, and he's like, "No blood, no Dallas, nothing, whatever he nothing. says." Yeah. Um, and the look in his eye when after Brett had been killed or taken, you see this man struggling with his grief in his face the way no i mean parker or lambert eventually she falls apart you know and she's crying and she's she can't handle it but and parker's there with her he understands it he keeps it more together but they're the two but specifically parker as this again this larger than life character is also really emotional too 
this is really affecting him. These, this thing is not just taking people, it's taking his family members. He screws his family. Um, I think Brett, Brett really is his family to me. That, that, oh, absolutely. Their, their dynamic is just one of the great male friendships in cinema, I think. In the way that, that it's, it's, it's always show, don't tell. The way that you get this idea of this history that they have and this dynamic. And then you're right, when, when, when Brett is taken, Parker is heartbroken. He's truly heartbroken. And from that point on, we see a different Parker emerging. We see this Parker who is, uh, who's not going to let the xenomorph win. He's not going to let that thing off the ship. Uh, and he will do whatever it takes. And when he's with Lambert in the end of the uh, in the end of his time in the film, um, I think that says a lot about him too. Like you're saying, you know, like it would be very easy to get away with a character yelling at Lambert at that point and berating her and 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 basically getting her to like shut up and move on because she's like a mess. I mean, she's crying. She's not efficiently loading the cylinders. She's like falling apart. But Parker is just like urging her to keep going, saying we have to keep moving. We got to keep moving. And, and he's, he's tender her with her. Line, and he's nice about yes, it. Yeah. Yes. And, and it's it's a character who like. You know, you're primed for him to have some sort of an outburst because of the loss and because of what he's going mm -hmm. through. And he's not. He's He gets more human as the danger increases. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He gets kinder as it gets worse. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I say he's the heart of the movie, because he's the one that, like, we're kind of, we're there with him in that moment. We're like, you know, at, at the at the ass end of space, you are warm or you're cold, right? Mm -hmm. And he and he died a warm person, which is pretty mm -hmm. hard to do, I think. Which, and one thing that makes him um, indelible and... Uh, endearing is he you see him trying to be this but he's not he's just tough and rough but he's just he's this tender soul you know he's this he's a guy who wants to have fun i mean he's the life of part of the the that that, that aspect of the alien series being relatable starts with parker and him being a human and feel, you know um his banter while they're eating i mean his banter everywhere it's um, so the, funny it is. It is, and I think the ins Parker is the inspiration for um, Dylan later on. Obviously, they're very different characters, but the heart of Parker is in Dylan too. Uh, it, it, within Dylan is this tender man, and that started with Yafet Kodas Parker. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like the Alien series is has its relatability because of Parker, because. It, we know people like him. We know people who might have this sort of outer exterior, but inside they're just this big teddy bear, you know, who are firstly human and then they are worker or trucker or whatever, you know, whatever we or, might call Or a black person or woman, right? Yeah. And yeah. that is another huge corollary, I think, with Ripley and, and Parker is that both of them could have been played essentially by anybody because they were just great human characters. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. the performances that they, that they brought as a result of their life history to it add all of this subtext, right? Because you start seeing a black man saying the things that this character is saying, or you see a woman saying the things that this character is saying. You don't see the character saying it because they're a black man or because they're a woman. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is part of what works so great about that character is that you get to see him as a human first, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, and there's so many things that he does that are very much against expectation or stereotype, right? Because remember, this is being made in the late 1970s when like the exploitative stereotype was the point of a lot of movies that were coming out starring black people, right? And there's no jive talk. There's no like, there's no weird innuendos going on. There's no cartoony, you know, like hood speak stuff. He's just a dude who's on the ship. He doesn't get killed first. He doesn't get killed. He gets killed basically last for all yeah. intents and purposes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and I think that he, yeah, he just, he, he, it just transcends all of these stereotypes. And again, it's such a testament to Dan O'Bannon's screenplay 
but also just such a testament to Yafet Koto as an actor who throughout his life, I mean, he was trained at the Actors Studio in New York. He came from this great pedigree. He had a career that was like six decades long, doing really interesting work, and he refused to be boxed in. You know, this is a guy who moved to Canada, you know, in older age, and now apparently was living in, in the, the Philippines, Philippines with his wife, who's Filipino and Filipina. Uh, and like, just, you know, he was never one thing. He was a guy who went through life as, as a constant self-discovery, just like Parker did. And just like this film does. And part of me feels sort of, there's this weird, I have a weird feeling, Jamie, because I feel like we're becoming um, almost like pallbearers in a way lately with fandom, because we're, mm -hmm. we're having to talk about so many of these people we love dying because of just the time that this was made and the reality mm -hmm. of life, right? And, uh, and it's easy to become desensitized to it. But then we have these moments like losing Ian Holm and losing, uh, you know, I keep calling him John Parker. Hurt. Oh, Koto, yeah, Koto, yeah. Losing, losing John Hurt, losing Ron Cobb to, you know, a, uh, just a, a really crappy way to go with Parkinson's or, or Louis body dementia. And like, you start realizing that, that these people, although like they're not still those young middle-aged people that we saw in that film that we remembered them as for our whole lives mm -hmm. like they're frail and getting older and part of being a fan the hard part of being a fan is it's up to us to remember them right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's up to us to keep that torch going and to keep introducing their work to new people and new audiences and to keep keeping their names alive because they're not here to do that work anymore and i think it's uh it's a it's an honor in a way right to have some sort of a platform in a fandom as incredibly vibrant as ours is, uh, it's an honor to be here to commemorate these people as they go, because these people have in many ways, I mean, Parker has shaped huge parts of my personality mm -hmm. in my lifetime mm -hmm. and my expectations of what actors, actors can do and my expectations of what, you know, male heroism really looks like, you know, mm -hmm. which is not usually MCU movies with, you know, with hammers flying through the air, although I love that, right? And it's not usually people, you know, making these enormous, you know, like saving the entire universe. Like sometimes being a hero is just stepping up and being kind when things are really, really hard, mm -hmm. right? Sometimes mm -hmm. being a hero is Ripley and Aliens when she just cradles Newt to her, to her shoulder, or it's Parker helping Lambert get strength to be able to get off this ship and refusing to leave anyone behind. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is what Yafet Koto as an actor taught me as a young person and what Parker continues to teach us hopefully for decades and centuries to come as we exist as a fandom. Yeah. I understand, you know, as I thought about his death and his work last night, I was also thinking about, well, this, some of what you're saying, like the reality of these people are going to pass from us and, you know, eventually it will be someone like Sigourney Weaver, you know, which will be a colossal passing in a, in a, series that is her legacy period end of story um but much of what i love about the alien series comes from parker comes from uh feeling like i know that guy that and that they live in that space in your heart where um, they're just below decks working on the engine or working on whatever and they need 30 35 hours you know? <laughs> um really there's only 20 hours or whatever um uh, <laughs> Um, but, and it's, Parker is almost like, you know, I, I think about this a lot when I pass construction workers on the, the 
the highways or whatever, people working on bridges, and nobody thinks about those people. Nobody, and I'm always saying a sort of a, a, a mental thank you for your work. Thank you for doing what you do to make my life easier. Um, and we, we, you know, we do what we do. We feel like it's important, but they're out there making sure we can get to and from where we need to go. And they're like Parker, they're, they're the lower decks. They're the people that aren't thought of and how powerful and how important they are and how important Parker was in Ripley's survival and Lambert surviving as long as, as she, as she did. Um, so my love for, for Yafet Kodos Parker um, comes from also knowing that those truckers out there, those truckers in space, those truckers on the road, they're the lifeblood of what we do. They ensure that we have a, a better life. Um, and uh, so I, my hat's off to him. And again, I know we're gonna talk about him more in depth as a character eventually, um, which will be great. Hopefully we can get some other people on, but definitely I feel this, I feel this passing like I feel the passing of, of uh, Rutger Hauer when he, you know, in 2019, it's just, he is the heart of, of Alien in so many ways. And um, he is why Alien is so good. Um, not just that film, but like I was saying earlier, the three films, why they're so, why they just, they feel so real. Everyone feels so real. What they're saying is so real and so identifiable. Um, and the way he performed that character and the way the writers wrote his character laid that foundation. So, Yeah, completely indelible, unforgettable, a legend, yeah. and somebody who we will be remembering for a very long time. And we also hope he gets his bonus up there wherever he is. <laughs> um, he deserves those shares. <laughs> um, just quickly. Hi, Jer Jeremiah Buford. How you doing? Andy Geek Girl. I know you're, you're on there saying hello. John Wood, Michael Guider. Hopefully I'm pronouncing your last name right. Thank you guys for watching. Um, this will be available as a, an audio um, file via our regular channels in a few minutes. So thank you everyone for thank watching. You. Thank you everybody. Thanks, Jeremy. For more on Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please visit perfectorganism.com. Perfect Organism is available for listen or download through Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Spotify. If you'd like to support the show, please visit perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.